Back to another episode of Not Your Average Operator. How we going out there? We love you guys checking in with us, and uh, personally, I look forward to these conversations all week. Get to hang out with my two. Well, you can't. I can't just give you guys positivity. I've got to give you some crap, right? Ralph looks terrible. He's got his freaking sleep in his eyes. He's he's woken up early. His hair's all over his head, and uh, Mike's all banged up from going up and down the mountain. But nonetheless, here we are. How you going there? Tio, how are you, Ralphie? I'm good, Nate. I'm really good, actually. Um, it's a little early here. I think I beat the sun, but it should come out here any minute. Um, yeah, man, no complaints. It's uh, It's been good up here in uh, Casa de Raf, hanging out on the on the property with the kiddos and the family. Actually, we just, had, uh, we just celebrated uh, my mother-in-law's birthday. Everybody came up here to the property, and we just had a good time, played some card games around the table, and just lots of laughter and um, you know, little man running around like a maniac with his cousins. And it's, it's interesting too, right? Because when it's your house and you just see people like, especially kids running up and down, you almost want to yell at them. Cause you're like, dude, stop. You're going to destroy this house. But at the same time, you see them having so much fun. You're just kind of like, ah, you know, that's how memories are made. But uh, it was fun, man. It was a lot of fun to have uh, mama Jay and, and literally the whole, the whole clan out here just, Getting after it. And we had a beautiful day. Shout out to the Johnsons. Down yeah, by Medical yeah. Lake. Yeah. Man, it's with, such, with such a nice scene. Such a nice scene to picture you guys all together with kids charging around. You know, yeah. inside the house that you were see that was, you know, up in upstairs only in your mind. And now it's there in actuality with the family. That's right. Yeah. It, it, it just kind of worked out. We just, um, it's been crazy weather out here. Like, it'll, snow for a couple of days and it rains and the sun comes out for a couple of days and it's just back and forth. And so yesterday it was like, started off just a beautiful day. Um, it was just, yeah, it was inviting, man, but we spent most of our time inside. Um, but you know, dealer's choice, we, it's whatever people want to do, but yeah, like her, my wife's family is really big on board games and card games and they get together, which it's not something my family did. And, uh, so it's kind of a nice tradition. Like I, I kind of look forward to because there's all this banter and you know it's it's kind of like fake mad. You get mad at people, but you're not really mad at people, you know. Because uh, Aubrey, my wife's twin, kept winning. There's this game called Phase Ten, and she kept winning, and the whole table just turned on her. It was actually pretty funny. <laughs> uh, settling of old scores sounds good. How about you, Mike Haven? Man, you had a you had a, a beautiful trip up the mountain. Yeah. Well, I, real quick, I was just thinking about, you know, when Raph's, Raph's talking about getting together and like hanging out, like the last time I was out there in Spokane, hanging out with him and he had family out and <clears throat> Mama Jay and everybody else was out there and uh, we we're hanging out and, you know, chasing Soren with the little, the little, uh, what the hell am I talking about? The cooking things or whatever. And I chase him around <laughs> the, the house. The tongs. Yeah. The little metal tongs. Yeah. I chase his like little butt and I chase him and he just flies like 50 miles an hour. But he runs around in just a t-shirt, like he's just butt naked, just living life. And I respect still that. nothing's I tried, changed. I tried that the other day and wasn't well received. But um, we were like running around, and then we took a break, and then we were like WWE, like power bombing him and pretending I was pinning him, and he just loved it. It was so much fun. And then I chased him, then he disappeared, and then I came back out to go find him, and uh, there was like there was like shit on the floor, and I was like, Raph. 
there's something in here, man. And he comes out, he's like, oh yeah, he did it. But he was like potty training. And then like, he's like, did, he's like, did you do it? And he like laughed in his little bucky teeth. And oh, yeah. he just, he, he disappeared again. And uh, you're like cleaning it and they're like laughing. And then like, we go in and he's in the bathroom, like trying to sit on the toilet. And he's like, I'm doing it right. You know? And it was so funny because <laughs> it was just, I don't know. It, it was just a really funny time, man. Everybody was laughing and it, it was a good time. Little kids. It's funny, when you, a maniac. funny when you won, won, when you won and two, and then you get arrested for it for a while. And then you join the Navy and you do it on ships at sea, right? Hey, you can do it whenever you want, man. I mean, it's just, it's, just, it's all about timing and, and the audience. You know, some people yeah. appreciate it. His his new thing is uh, apparently is like if we're in the kitchen and he's got a potty, he usually just tells us he's got a potty and he runs off into the, one of the restrooms. But now he'll just drop trow. So he puts his he puts his underwear and his pants around his ankles and he just starts hopping towards the bathroom. <laughs> we're just staring at him like, because if I really have to pee, the last thing I want to do is jump, right? Like you, you don't want that but he just doesn't get like that. So he's a maniac. He just starts hopping to the bathroom and then he potties. Little kids are hilarious because they're like, they're so busy having fun. They're like, nah, nah, yeah. nah. I'm just going to stay here playing with my truck, you know? And then like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. It, it, was a, it was a great, it was a great couple of days, man. Busy. You, you've Lots been, going on. You've been, away on, some, on trip. you've been away on some trips and then back raft and you got your, your medical today. Is that right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I got that. I guess you call them the physio or whatever, but yeah, I got, I've got some appointments and I got to hit the road. Cause I got, I start basically a 10 day trip, but it's going to be 10 days all over the place. Some for work, some to go meet up with Mike down in Texas and the boys. Um, and then some more work and then, uh, more work back here. So yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a crazy 10 days, but I'm really looking forward to it. Living your best life. So medical catching up with, Mike and the boys, and you also is this also a root check? Is this check to the line? What um, do you guys call towards towards the end? Yeah, yeah. So the my last trip um, is going to be like a, a line check. Um, so there's a little bit of pressure with that. Obviously, you want to perform perform you know above the standard, hopefully, and not need any required extra training. Which you know I know it happens, but I'd like to not go that. I've never had it before, so I'd like to not go down that path now. Mate, for the uh, long-time listeners who've followed your journey of what you were doing ISR work in countries to the north of me and then to come back and aim for this and plan for it and do your you know, interview preparation and secure the job and then start the training and away from family and doing the, the study, it's, it's an awesome thing to participate with someone who's really on a trajectory in life. And I just wanted to acknowledge it. It's really great, man, to see that you know, end of the road is coming end of the training. And then that's just fantastic, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, dude. It's, it's almost surreal sometimes. I mean, you know, just, it's kind of weird to go from that, like you said, from one extreme to the other, you know, cause before it was just like me and three other dirty contractors like me, uh, maybe a couple of green suitors. And we had all this in com- usually our military background was what we had in common. And it's interesting. I think I shared some of the stories with you guys about how close, I mean, just how small the world is where I'd been on medevac missions where, you know, the buddy's mate who had passed, who whose body bag we were carrying was literally sitting two feet behind me. And I'm like, what? Like, that's just, you know, you start connecting the dots. You're like, holy shit. Or I'm just so many coincidences, uh, so many situations like that, where you start to realize, like, you know, we knew each other's whatever. And you're like, 
you know, it's all in Afghanistan or Iraq. It was just, it was interesting. I mean, it was, I missed that part of the job, you know? Yeah. But it's funny to, when something has just been imaginary, you know, like the concept from the possibility now to be living in the actuality, like the family in the house, you doing the, yeah. you know, your root, your final root check with your, uh, your major airline. It's just fantastic. You know, like you, yeah. this is a thing for people, you know, if you, if you get up off the couch, life occurs. If you get out into the world, you know, and you put yourself out there and you have a vision and you take it realistically and you structure your life and you plot out all the stuff you need to get done to achieve it, like you can be living inside the thing that you dreamed, you know? So yeah, I reckon there's yeah. a real great message inside of what we talk about all the time. And here you are, you know, living your best life. Most of the time with your pants up, not hopping towards the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, I mean, I will say that if somebody ever asked me like, oh, how'd you end up getting here? I think my answer would absolutely be not by accident. Like, there's no way you just fall into a job like this. Like, there's so much that goes into it. I mean, it really, this journey started a long time ago. You know, my first aircraft rating, not knowing that this is what I was going to do with it, right? I, I always thought I was going to fly aircraft, like airplanes, just, just for funsies or, you know, just, I don't know, just to be dual dual or i call it dual cool dual rated just to, so i can understand both concepts flying helicopters and then flying airplanes and some of it translates back and forth well most of it does anyways but like looking fast forward and i'm like wow i had no idea that this is what i was going to end up doing but um so this journey really started a long time ago and it's kind of just neat to see that right that you don't know what's ahead as long as just keep doing the work keep following the journey and follow your heart and or, you know, you're, you end up in a really good place and it all just kind of manifests itself. It's been kind of cool. That's great, Ben. It's it's such a, um, it's like a testament to just execute in the present with a plan, with a plan, but you know that the plan will change and you, you just got to execute step one. You know what step two, three, four are, but just execute, 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 do your best in whatever you're doing and you'll see options opening up rather than doors closing, right? Yeah. A little, I mean, I mean, that's, that's sort of what the podcast has, has been about since day one. It's so cool to see you do, go through that, you know, and we're all on our own journey. Wow. So Mike, did you want to talk about what it is that we're going to be talking about? Yeah, it's, it's funny that Raf kind of said it the way he did about the journey and living in the present. Um, that's exactly what I did and what I needed. So we tried recording a few days ago and honestly, like just being honest, we, we all kind of had a, a shit day and we're all kind of like just having a rough day. And, uh, Raph decided it was a good call. He's just like, Hey man, I don't think we're good to record right now. We just need to be honest with ourselves and handle life because life goes on and we don't get in the, you know, we don't get a pass on that and we have things to take care of. And, I know I was really uh, in, a, in a tough spot last week, uh, really down and in on myself and thinking about stuff that I couldn't control. And I know we talk about a lot of things like that, but I, I'm human too. And sometimes I get the best of myself or different things and I, I focus and lose, lose track. But I knew I had to get back on track and I made a, kind of a last minute decision. I was like, you know what? I need to get out of here. And I'm just going to go hit the Appalachian Trail for like two days and go up there. And, uh, you know, when I start focusing on things too much, I need to reel it in. I just 
put myself out in the elements of nature and strip myself away from all my comfort, uh, like all my comforts. And just honestly, I, I just beat the hell out of myself physically, spiritually, mentally, and just strip myself away from everything so I can live in the moment and appreciate things again. And that's exactly what I did. Uh, I went up to, uh, I went up the Appalachian trail and, uh, all together I did, I did this uh, little bit of extended hike and I went out to a place called three ridges, which is three mountaintops where you basically go up and down, uh, almost about 5,000 feet total. And, uh, once you get to there, the, um, it, it was about all together is like 27 miles and going up and down all these mountains. And, uh, the first day we got out there, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, with my rock and everything, it's super sunny. It's nice stripping down layers. And as soon as I get down to shorts and a t-shirt, it just starts dumping rain. Like, and it's cold up there in the mountains and it's probably like 20 mile an hour winds at this point. And it's just cold rain. And I'm just like, yep. And I just remember walking up the hill and I'm just like, go ahead, just pour it on me, pour it on me, wash, wash all this crap away. And I, I was, I was shivering. I was cold hiking up with my pack. And, uh, I just start talking. Like, I don't know if anybody else does that, but I just start talking to myself and I talk, start talking to God and I'm just like, go ahead, man, dump it. Like, go ahead, give it to me, <laughs> you know, and just getting in, focusing on me living in the moment. And, um, through that, you know, you start enjoying the little things. So like we ended up getting to a rest shelter that that's, there's one like every 10, 15 miles and we got to there and I got to like a little bit of hot water and I took a hot chocolate packet and like some food. And I just remember how appreciative I was just to have like hot water um, or like a little bit of food. And I was just, that's all I cared about. And I was shivering cold and I was just like, yeah, I'm going to have some of this. And I found myself enjoying the little things and not worrying about the things I couldn't control anymore. Like I couldn't control the rain. I couldn't control the weather, the wind, uh, how, how much it sucked. Um, on top of that, it was um, really neat to think about the journey, as Raf was saying. So I knew I had about 27 miles total ahead of me. And I was like, man, I want to hit these peaks. I want to get to there. There's great outlooks and pictures and whatever. And I was so focused on getting there. But at certain times, I stopped. And I looked look at my GPS. And I turn around and look at the trail. And I was just like, wow, dude, I've, I've come this far and look at all the cool shit that I've seen and how I felt, what I went through. And I, I was enjoying it. I wasn't worried about the peaks as much. I was just like, man, I'm out on the trail. I was with my buddy. We met up with this other guy who, you know, really cool story. I mean, we met a lot of cool people on the trail. I'm not going to lie, but it was just enjoying the journey. Like I didn't care about getting to the destination, which was the three ridges on the peaks like as i'm going through we met this guy his nickname all right there's people that have trail names i don't know if people knew that but everybody has a trail name that's like a dedicated hiker and this guy he's a smaller guy and his nickname was beaver all right that was his trail name was beaver he's 26 years old from Detroit, uh from michigan western michigan and i never met him before he showed up really cool down-to-earth guy and he's just like yeah man i was a plumber and I was doing that for a while, for a couple of years. And I just got so tired of it and the system and everything. He's like, I quit my job three months ago. And I did, I bought a, like a small school bus, put a couch in it, put a, put like a refrigerator and like redid it so he can move around. And he's like, I just been traveling the country and I just want to enjoy life and hike and travel, meet new people and just 
totally do my own thing. And he wasn't like super hippie or anything like that. He was just like, dude, I just want to get out and enjoy my life. And he was telling me about all the places that he's been and he's going to go to the California and do the Western side, you know, down, down the, was it route 66 that goes up and down the coastline. He wants to do a lot of the Appalachian trail and a bunch of other places. And I was just like, dude, that's, that's awesome. Uh, I met this other group that, uh, that this Asian guy, his name, his nickname is Quadzilla because he's got massive quads. And uh, also, <laughs> also a guy from Switzerland and they were a pair and they started in Georgia in mid-February and they're doing the entire Appalachian trail, which is about, I think close to like 3000 miles or something like that it goes all the way up the East coast. And they're going for the record uh, of three months trying to knock this out. And they were just crushing 25 to 30 miles a day. You know, I did 27 and about two. Right. And I was out there kind of for leisure too, but these guys are just dedicated their packs and everything. And they're just like, yep, we quit our jobs. We dropped everything. And we're just doing this period. Like the, we're, solely and dedicated this entire time they got facial hair and they're just living out of packs and i mean it, it was so cool to talk to them and just get their perspective on life and i was like man i got i got humbled a little bit <laughs> you know I, I couldn't feel bad for myself um but overall man it was just really really good uh i i let go of so many problems that i couldn't control and the whys and all this other stuff and the best part I had was climbing up the center ridge, which was the highest, the highest point. I think it's like 4,700 feet. And uh, it's like straight up in some of these parts. I sent you guys some pictures. And the wind picked up in the morning. It was like 6 a.m. It was like 30, 40 mile an hour winds up there. And I was just going up and I was freezing cold, man. I, I stripped down a little bit too far, but I didn't want to stop, throw anything else on. And it was probably like the last seven or 800 feet. You're, you're just going. Were you hopping? I wasn't hopping. My pants were around <laughs> my waist. <laughs> but, uh, dude, I, I just got into it and I just kept challenging. I was like, I was like, yeah. I was like, you want to turn up, turn up the wind? I was like, come on, go ahead. Be beat me. Try and beat me. Try and beat me. Let's go. And I just, I had my trekking poles, my pack, and I just kept going faster and faster and faster. And it was just like a challenge. Like I just felt the wind picking up, the cold, the elements, and it was just beating the hell out of me. And I just felt that fire inside that, you know, I lose once in a while. And it was just like, you can't beat me. You can't keep me off the mountain. And I just kept going and going and getting up to the top. And when I got up to the top, I just felt so good. And I took that picture and I sent it to you guys when I was on top of the rock overlooking like the whole valley and stuff. And it was awesome. It's such a good feeling, man. But I forgot about that. I, everybody loses that once in a while. You lose that spark. You lose that simple sense of accomplishment, sense of self. Like I feel weak sometimes mentally, physically, and I'm just not in it. But then I get out there in the elements and I push myself and I'm like, you know, I'm not being cocky about it, but I'm like, dude, I'm a tough son of a bitch. And I can't remember. I can't forget that, that I can put up with a lot of, a lot of challenges and be okay you know, and it brings my confidence back and makes me feel good. And, you know, I come back down here to the, you know, sea level in a simple, comfortable environment. And I'm like, shit ain't that bad. I'm totally fine. And I know what to focus on again. So go ahead, Raph. Yeah, I think it's uh, worth mentioning because uh, so Mike and I talked about this offline a couple of days ago. This is before you we went on this trip. 
I don't know if, and I'm sure he remembers this conversation, but it's interesting because um, I'm going to unpack him here real quick. So clearly he wouldn't be in the situation, like he wouldn't be in the profession that he's in if he didn't have like that fears, like the ferocity when it comes to focus and, de- focus and dedication, right? Like guys don't make the teams, you know, the special operations units without having like absolute intent to like to solve problems. I mean, that's part of his personality. That's why he does what he does because they have this dog's mindset where they're like, no matter what the issue is, they're, they're you know, from day one, they're trained, like they're trained and they're um, kind of molded into like always finding a solution. But that we talked about this. That's a double-edged sword because sometimes the solution is just letting go, right? Sometimes you, instead of beating yourself up over trying to like, I need to solve this issue. Cause remember Mike, we were talking about this and you're like, dude, you know, I, it's like, I don't get it. Sometimes, you know, whatever the issue is, I solved the problems. And I was like, but that's the point. Some things aren't meant, but, but that look, look, and I'm talking to everybody about this, even myself, that's easier said than done. Cause you know, I'm, I'm sort of like that, not to the degree that you are, but there are times where I'm like, why can't I solve this? Like, I usually am able to solve the issues, whether it's, you know, changing my tools around, you know, maybe looking at a different perspective, reading a book about it, whatever. But the point is sometimes you, you come to a point where it's not about finding a solution. It's about just accepting that it, that this doesn't belong to you or that this isn't something that you're going to be able to affect in the, in the, in the way that you want to affect it. And I, so I think it's, it's important to understand that it's a double-edged sword. And I just bring this because I think you're a perfect example of it. You, you'll always be successful in life because you have such a ferocious ability to focus but it's also your like it's also your your biggest uh i don't know like not conundrum but it's you know like, i mean like it just achilles heel sometimes yeah, yeah yeah absolutely man and that's and i i think that's fascinating because you know people like you aren't normal well there's a lot of reasons why you're not normal but I, that is one <laughs> of the reasons you're not normal right because most people are just like well that hurts i'm not gonna go down that road or you know we're just like nah man if that if the answer is on the other side of that road of pain that's where i'm going even though sometimes halfway through, you're like, I don't know if I'm going to get the outcome I want. And then, you know, it starts to wear out, bear you down a little bit. But anyways, I just think that's kind of fascinating to unpack that a bit behind the scenes. Yeah. Melon. The thing is, I've just been thinking, you know, and, and hats off to you, Mark, for putting your body in a position of stress and <clears throat> clearing your head and getting into nature and shifting your physiology and all these other things that, that we talk about and you do well. You know, like you, you do the things like Raf is doing this flight of soon and he's doing the things that we talk about. I remember, um, man, a long time ago, loss in remembrance, talking about your grandmother and the the reading about to let it go. Mm-hmm. And that's just what I've been thinking about when Raf's been talking, you've been talking, how much that impacted me at the time that like we spend so much energy and our psychology and character is set a certain way from the training we've received holding on is what we do really well you know and i know i know i do that really well and i do that for my family and for my friends and that letting go can be a very powerful act in some situations right but it takes conscious effort to do that too you know it's not enabling it's allowing learning it's not the fix to be supportive it's all these things i remember that quote you read you know and i just it's like our own our own journey sometimes like it resonates, you know, and a frequency comes back from, from before. And that's just what I've been thinking about, thinking about you on that trail, going through this and stripping back and not having a lot of gear, you know, like just back to the basics. 
the only time I've really heard about the Appalachian Trail was I only read about it recently, the first guy ever to walk it after World War II. And he was a, I think he was an artillery guy, World War II. And one of his best mates died in Iwo Jima and he came back and he just like, they literally just opened it and he just walked, he just set off with no, with no equipment. And they didn't believe him when he finished it, I believe, is my understanding. Like 1948, they thought he was making it up. And he was, oh, I needed to walk the war out of my system, was his quote, when he finished it. Yeah, it, it's kind of the same. And it's, it's, a funny, it's a funny example. But while I was up there and I was just about to finish, I found a really good place next to a river, put up my hammock, and I was just like, I was, I was pretty sore, man. I'm not going to lie. Like my, my shoulders, my traps, my back, my, my legs, I was pretty tired. Um, I sat in that hammock and I, I took it like a 10, 15 minute power nap and it felt amazing, but I woke up and I was just sitting there and I was like, man, why did I do this? You know, like kind of reflecting like that sucked, like in a lot of sense, it sucked, but at the same time, it was so great. And I start laughing. And the first thing that came to my mind was Forrest Gump. When he's like, I ran for three years, two months, 14 days and 16 hours, you know, and it's just like, why would you do all that running? It's just like some sometimes you just got to put the past behind you. And I think that's what my running was all about. You know, I, I, I maybe I, it was part of that, man. Like I just had to get up there and just beat the hell out of myself and put myself in such a vulnerable state and focus on the things that really mattered and uh, to let let my past go and just push. It was uncomfortable as shit. I'm not gonna lie. But uh, I think maybe that's what it was about. So. Well, I think it's also, I think it's also important to kind of remove yourself from where, you know, cause it, especially modern day society, man, there's so much noise and just bullshit all over the place that it's, it's hard to focus. Even if you're trying to focus. Um, that's why Dr. Jordan Peterson always talks about, you know, start with your house first, make it, you know, make your room clean before, you know, while you're trying to gather your thoughts. I think it's kind of a, an overarching theme in your situation where I think it's important to just remove yourself from the chaos, you know, and I mean, mother nature isn't orderly, but it does have a, an order to mother nature. Right. So that's, I would say that's a clean house. And I think that's a, there's nothing better as a human being because we're all part of this world to remove yourself from this bullshit and then go into the place where it is orderly. Right. Like, people don't care about your emotions, you know, animals don't care, you know, like they just don't like, there's no room for bullshit. It's all about survival. It's very clean. It's very structured. It's very straightforward. And I think there's some, there's a lot of symbology behind it, but I think there's also very obvious reasons for all this. So I, I, I think it was a natural, like you, you know, you probably just like, why did I do this? It was just probably a natural uh, inclination as a person, especially in, you know, especially with your character. Mm-hmm. When Mark was talking about, the rain you know it was chucking it down and he's like come on god give it to me i was picturing i don't know if you guys know the old uh caddyshack movie with the old the old bishop doing the round of golf in the thunderstorm <laughs> <laughs> shaking his shaking his golf club at the sky and cursing god and getting struck by lightning <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad to see you made it back in one piece yeah i wasn't cursing god out there man he's giving it to me pretty good already i didn't need to piss him off so. <laughs> <laughs> No. Um, yeah, but that, that, that was it, man. And, you know, I, I feel so much better. And, you know, I'm looking forward to this week. I'm so excited to head down to Texas and see Raf and, 
BJ and a couple other of our buddies, and we're just going to go out for a couple of days, go on a hog and coyote hunt and spend time. And, and again, just kind of get away from everything and just be us. And I'm sure there's going to be amazing conversations, probably so much laughter. My stomach's going to hurt. And I just look forward to those so much time, you know, but that that's what really matters is that quality time and focusing on relationships and doing stuff and um, teaching Raph how to hunt too. That's going to be, that, that, that's always good. We need somebody to go out and flush out the game, you know, like he, we're not giving him a rifle. We're just going to have, Hey, Raph, Raph, right to left, about a hundred meters, run through that brush, start yelling, whistle, do whatever you got to do and get the game up. All right, Raph. He's smiling. He, he knows his job. It's all right. If that, hey, listen, if that's what I need to do to start learning how to hunt, that's what I'll do. I'm a team player. <laughs> oh, Melon. So I guess uh, kind of moving into the review of a lot of stuff, there's some big news, as you referenced last week, coming along. I mean, we just talked then very briefly about a piece. I think that was in episode 20, a long way back, letting go inside an episode called loss and remembrance learning learning things from our past you know our, our own sometimes our own like hearing these things again resonate freshly you know you don't necessarily you know you can read the same book and get new things out of it right and so sometimes hearing those messages out of uh, previous episodes can be what is resonant or what we need to hear in a new time and so we're sort of talking about a, a major change that's coming for the for the podcast. So do you want to let everyone know what we're talking about here, Mike? Yeah, we have been pondering about it for a little bit and having discussions about what we want to do and focusing on the future and where we want to go with things. And it's one of the quotes I always kind of say is be comfortable being uncomfortable, but going into a new challenge and 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 pushing the envelope. And I feel... We feel, sorry, that, uh, you know, it's, it's time to move the podcast forward um, and we're going to move on from uh, Not Your Average Operator. So uh, next week will be our final show uh, with Not Your Average Operator. Um, and there's more to, more to come from that about, you know, we're going to move on. We're going to have our own, uh, another podcast and some uh, different objectives and goals, but you'll still get the same stuff with uh, me Melon and Raph for sure, because we we honest to God love doing this stuff and uh, focus on a little bit more engagement uh, with uh, the listeners and some of the people out there so we can start doing more things uh, to assist and help out and do everything after all the feedback that we've gotten from listeners and just amazing stories and people uh, that have come into our life because of it. So uh, yeah, we're going to be moving on. So we're, we're currently building and prepping and you guys will start seeing advertisement coming out and heroes media group and we're going to have a, a whole nother facebook instagram page and a couple other uh stuff that we'll put out there uh for you guys to follow engage uh put reviews uh all of that so we're aiming to take the next step with it and be even more engaging uh and involved so uh what we thought we would do this week is just kind of briefly talk about the last 89 episodes and uh, some of our favorite times. And uh, again, we're stopping, we're turning around, looking at the journey, not the destination, and just appreciating that, you know, we've, what we've done for almost two years now uh, uh, under this, this name. And uh, 
lots to be grateful for. So that's the, uh, that's the big news. Um, we want to kick it off and just talk about maybe a couple of our favorite episodes and the impact that we had lessons learned, uh, how it affected us. Yeah. So it's a rebrand and a relaunch. It's taking the next step. It's not, uh, stepping back and the three of us, are very much working, uh, on this together. I mean, we're going to, we're sticking it out. We're, we're in this, the three of us are in this for the long haul. So I don't have any concerns there. Yeah, favorite episodes or big takeaways. I, still get lots of feedback and myself, I always direct people to start right at number one. You can't go past it. Uh, I think it's very rare for men, particularly men in perhaps our professions to publicly talk about breakdowns, you know, to start with your biggest setback as the first episode, I think really let people know who we are and what we're up for. And, you know, I have, have new mates out here, who've just recently started listening to the podcast, who have given me just, it's just shifted a relationship that I've already had an existing friendship immediately when this person listens to episode number one and the space that comes after that, that, you know, these friends are like, right, I know I can talk with Melon about fucking anything. You know what I mean? I've heard some of the shit that he's gone through and what he's willing to talk about. So, yeah, that's, that's one of my big ones still after all this time. Yeah, I agree. Episode one, I think Raph, you're the, you're the same. Yeah, all three of us are in agreement there. The first one was very wide open with three of the some of the toughest times of our entire life and being wide open about it. That was definitely mine, talking about mental health and uh, sharing about that because uh, I remember even some of my own family had no idea what I was going through and they listened to it and came out and are like, well, I didn't know you were suffering like that. And I was just so good to share that and feel human that like, Hey, I'm not a machine. Like, yeah, I'm a special operations soldier, but I'm a human being. (laughs) And I just remember going through those emotions about letting it out and being recognized as just like, no, I'm not a superhero. I'm not a machine. I'm, I'm just a guy. And I feel things just like you. And it, it was freeing. How about you ref? I was just going to say, um, kind of along the lines of that, that, you know, the biggest setback, the, the reason I like that one so much is because it, like it, it kind of, it, it helped me kind of flip the script on it a little bit. Cause you know, when I spoke about my personal topic of the biggest setback, I've always seen it as, as exactly that, right. It was my biggest setback. There's something that I really wanted that I've trained a really long time for, and it didn't pan out looking forward. You know, I should say looking back where I'm standing now, uh, from my vantage point, I realized I ended up failing forward. I mean, I gained so much from that experience, even though I didn't get that, you know, the ultimate prize of joining that unit and being with one of my best mates. Um, I, it gave me so many skills. Like it, it challenged me in ways that I, I'd never been challenged before, but it also gave me skills that I used down the road. I mean, literally there was moments where I just, I thought, well, I can do this. Cause I literally did X, Y, Z, you know, like this is, uh, this is doable. So yeah, it just flipped the script where, in my head, I always saw it as my biggest setback. And then after that conversation and, you know, processing that a little bit more, I realized that I, it really was something that catapulted me forward. It, you know, I failed forward, so to speak. Uh, and it's, so it's, even though I call it my biggest setback in reality, I'm really, really glad it happened. Like really glad it happened. Um, Cause I wouldn't be where I'm at. Like so much about my life would not be in existence. I think that in our society and in probably most societies, 
people can have it that failure and success are opposite sides like of the same coin and that they're definitely opposite. The feeling is opposite when it occurs. But I think when you take the long-term view, there's a quote from Ariana Huffington, which is failure is not the opposite of success. It's part of success. And I read that the other day and there's no story of any successful person I've ever read where you're not like struck by some significant early blow that they have gone away from, they've licked their wounds, they've and they've had to dig deep and find character that they didn't have before that. And then they've moved forward into this, like I'm talking about Churchill, about freaking Julius Caesar. There's, I don't think there's a single success story that doesn't have at a stage of that story, the failure. And it's like what you do after that and how you deal with it and what you learn, what you take that determines the ultimate destination, but it doesn't feel like that in the moment. You know, like I think all of us would have yeah, and- major, major parts of our character and major parts of our attitude to life and stuff has come from those um, major failures, major setbacks. Well, and that's the other thing that's really important. That's one of those seeds that was planted was, you know, I had negative emotional reaction to the setback. I talked about, I exposed myself about how I was kind of falling into a depression without knowing that I was falling into a depression. And since then, I have been able to recognize if I, if I don't succeed in something, I don't let it necessarily get me down. I try to look at it in a positive light as best as I can. Listen, I'm human, just like Mike said. So there's times where I'm successful. There's times where I'm not. But the point is, it, it has helped me grow significantly, especially with my emotional IQ, um, where I can recognize, hey, I didn't get this thing that I wanted. Or, you know, I, I trained my butt off to do whatever and I didn't get it. It's okay. It's going to be okay. I still, I still you can still glean a lot from that, right? There's a lot of success in that failure. You just have to be able to unpack it. Like that, and that, again, that takes emotional intelligence on your part. That takes a little bit of due diligence. It takes the right space. It just, it's not going to just fall on your lap. Hopefully it does, but it's highly unlikely. So they, that's why that was one of my favorite episodes. It was, I exposed a lot of my own weaknesses and I was able to kind of shore those up a little bit. Yeah, I'd say... <clears throat> Another episode that was very impactful, that was very cool to me, was listening to Colonel Hines and discuss leadership. Uh, how cool is it to have the opportunity to have such a great leader, a great man, a, a great mentor, and to be able to just have him for a period of time and just pick his brain and, and discuss real, real topics that involve a lot of power, responsibility, you know, and then just hearing it come from him from... Uh, you know, his, his level of humility and humbleness and how he shared it. Um, I love that episode too. That, that was very cool for me to hear, especially after like what, 10 years, Raph, and then being able to go and pick his brain about Afghanistan and everything else that happened. Like I learned a lot from him. It was cool to see you guys having had, having served under him in the informal conversation space where we could just all talk. And I'd obviously heard a lot about him before, or, you know, meeting him online. <laughs> the one thing I didn't get was his voice, man. I didn't know that we were dealing with Darth Vader slash the Marlboro Man. <laughs> but, but like, what a what a privilege to sit in on that stuff. And it's like if if this guy's life story was well known, and if his, uh, you know, if his life story is made into a movie, people would know like how how amazing that combat leadership is, that tactical leadership, that delegation in an empowering way. The leading from the front, like taking chalk four, you know, dash four in the formation and 
flying combat missions himself when he's the freaking the guy in charge. There's there's like a thousand things in that little dense bit of uh, podcast. I got heaps out of it. Mm-hmm. In there, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, one of my other favorites was uh, the one we talked about mentors, and I know that I brought him up, and uh, a couple episodes that we spent with him specifically was that it wasn't like he was giving away these, you know, pearls or wisdom that were like tucked away in a cave that no that no one could could access, right? Like he was. It's not like anything he did was like, oh my god, that blows my mind. But it's the fact that he, like, that's just who he is. You know what I mean? Like it. I, when I when I walked away from that, I realized that his greatest gift as a leader was that he managed with trust. Meaning, you like if you were one of his subordinates or one of his peers or whatever, like you absolutely felt his support and his trust, even when you completely fucked up. And that that's easier said than done, because I'd like to think that I would that I would provide the same level of trust for somebody that was under, you know, that, that was serving with me and like, maybe they do something. And, but I looking back, I can always tell you when I was in the maintenance uh, world, I didn't always do that, you know? Um, but he, I feel like he continually did. And if he didn't, he still gave you the image that he did. And that in itself is powerful because if you have anybody who's working for you and they have the feeling like you've got their backs, even when they screw up, I mean, the, the level of loyalty and dedication and spree to court, like just all that stuff, the motivation you can get from them is, is it's unmatched. And that's where he is absolutely like he just stands apart from most people is that he has that ability to just, you know, kind of, again, just engulf you in this level of trust. And, and, it, and not to mention, he's also just he's just a badass in his own right. He's done a lot of cool stuff in his career. Uh, so he actually absolutely has the, the pedigree to, to back it, um, which which means even more, right? I mean, as a helicopter dude, to have that dude's trust, I mean, it's it's Colonel it's Colonel Hines. Like, the dude's a legend in the special op- operations community. And like I said, his name is a currency, and it's something he would never admit to, but it's true. Everybody knows that name. Um, but I, that's what I found fascinating about him is, is, you know, it's not like he was like, yeah, these, this is a secret of my success. It's just basic stuff. But then when you apply it all, you're like, oh. That's the challenge, right? To to do it continually every every day with everybody, even the people that were turds in his formation, right? Like it's that's pretty fascinating. It's easier said than done. Yeah. An episode that I really loved was um separation reunion about how we all manage homecoming, coming back to family and friends and spouses. And you know, it's like that came up again and again during it came up for us all after the episode, you know, I had my six months away from the family while they were away from me. They were back in Australia and I was here in, in Saudi through the first part of COVID, you know, when I was thinking, oh, Mad Max could be on the cards here. <laughs> could be duking it out in the, in the highways. Um, and, you know, Raf applied it every time he was returning from his ISR tours and, there's just there's a lot in that like like honestly listen to you guys talk about what you do it's practical and it's it's real it's not from a book it's not from what someone told you or you know a theoretical thing it's like people who really have experience in this and applied in their life and i think everyone is going to have periods in the modern world where we're going to be away from those we hold dearest and managing that reunion is a difficult thing and you can do it well and you can do it badly and you can always improve yeah, that was a that was a big one, man. That was uh, as Raph said in the other one is 
when I started talking about it and really looking at what I did and how I acted, I realized the flip side that I didn't have things under control. I couldn't handle what I was doing. I, I, you know, I was just making it up as I went and thought about, well, this, this sounds right. So yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And real, realistically, my priorities were all jacked up and uh, I had no balance in my life. I had no understanding. I was trying to control things I couldn't control. And I just had all my energy in the wrong places. And I didn't, I didn't communicate. I didn't, you know, I, I just didn't do what I really should have done. I could look back on it now and be like, yeah, man, I, I fucked that up real good. But, uh, that was a great episode. I, I, re I really enjoyed that one and hearing your guys' stories as well. And, you know, still actively going through it at the time, you know, like raft deploying and doing his stuff and you being away from home and your family for so long. Like, yeah, man, that was, that was a tough one to talk about. I'm not going to lie. An additional piece that I, you know, would just want to mention now is how much this friendship and this conversation helped me through that time and, and, and ever since, but, in that time, particularly helping keep me clear-headed and communicating with people that I, I trusted and that I knew understood what I was going through really, really helped. And so this is something for people just to add on to what was discussed at the time. How about, how about the story of Melanie and John House? That was one of my favorites. And you, hearing, hearing that perspective, holy shit. Holy shit. I've never heard of I was of about to say that. Dude, you just took my words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike just took my words. I was literally about to say, even though I would say this, like this was, I'm presenting this, you know, as the third episode, it was probably one of the most impactful because I've never heard a survivor's perspective, right? I, I've lost plenty of friends, uh, some, some in the front lines, some just through work, through aviation, but I've never heard, I've never had, I've never sit on the other side of a spouse talking about her, her perspective. And that was powerful. I mean, that was really powerful. I think about that every time I see her post a photo on uh, on FB. I just think you've just got a, the biggest heart in the world and your story is such a special story. And to get through it with grace and be willing to share it with the rest of us, such a gift. Yeah, that was an unreal story. Yeah, it was. Um, it was beautiful to hear how she has moved on and found purpose within it all for, for the better of helping other gold star families and the perspective she's gained about life. And especially I would say the crown jewel of it all is how she's raised her son to be the man, the young man that he is and that he's becoming, I mean, that's John's legacy and how it all just pieces together and flows together. I mean, and she's, She's the person there with the glue and the right pieces saying, yep, these go together and this goes together and this is how it all kind of goes. And she has that wonderful vision of it all. And uh, it, it's just so crazy to think about what the amount of pain that she went through to arrive at that point and then realize that there is beauty in it. And she sees it every day when she wakes up and sees her son or the people that are in her life and how she's living life. I mean, it's, I thought it was just a, I mean, it's a roller coaster of a story, but the ending is, well, it's not even ending yet, but the current is still very beautiful. And I, it was, it was wonderful to listen to her. If you, um, yeah, if you think you're having a hard day, 
it's not a bad one to put on to get some perspective and hear someone who's been able to transform, like genuinely transform something terrible into something amazing. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, people use the word miracle a lot, but that's an extraordinary outcome that she has made. Yeah, very moving. Oh. How about, how about, how about Kenny G? Oh, <laughs> Kenny. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I love that guy, you know, but. Uh, it's a crazy story. It's a freaking crazy story. It is. And it is still like, I think I said it on the show, if I remember correctly. Every time I hear about it, it he still blows me away and he makes me feel like 10 feet, you know, a foot tall. Sorry. He's like yeah. tall. Yeah. But uh so just a quick one, you know, in case people were telling her for the first time, shot and badly wounded in uh, Afghanistan three times. Should have it was on a medical pension and was like, no, I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna live my life like this. And went, I'm gonna <laughs> go and become a first responder. And had to get himself into a state where he could do a sufficient number, just just the story about getting fit enough to do the push-ups with the state that his side of his body was in, his shoulder and upper arm and everything is just him. It's humbling to hear that. To then go and have a great career <laughs> as a as a fire chief, and then uh, I also want to be an EMT, and I also want to be a policeman. And you're like, all right, I hold my manhood cheap compared to what I'm hearing right here. It's an extraordinary thing. Yeah, well, just to clarify, he was in Iraq when he got shot, uh, not Afghanistan, but no big deal. It's still still all good. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's still pushing, man. Uh, I talked to him uh, a couple of weeks ago. We, we, we chatted, we were texting, and just, hey, man, how's life going? And just up and up, man, just all, all the time, a positive outlook. I, I rarely ever hear of, like, you know, in that Texas accent, oh, man, my life's dog shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he's always got motivational photos, you know, like on his on his on his feed, he's putting positivity out there, like we're gonna achieve this, or this is the dream home, or whatever it is, you know, this is what we're working towards. Yeah. Yeah. Kenny's story is uh one to be inspired by, absolutely. And I still am all all, all the time. I freaking love that episode. And just just to know he's like one of my really good friends. Uh and he's in my life. I'm grateful for because it's like, man. You know, that whole thing about like, you know, I, I stand on the shoulders of giants. Well, Kenny's like five, five, six, five, seven. <laughs> so he's no, he's no giant in that sense, but the dude's a, a monster when it comes to like, you know, life. And uh, I definitely would stand on his shoulders, especially get to like the top shelf, you know, to get some cereal or something. But, you know, <laughs> did you hear that? Raf, Raf gave yeah. the the, the laugh <laughs> <laughs> well i was just i was waiting for you to shut up but i was gonna say my favorite part of kenny's story was the push-ups like when he was talking about his the push-ups and i was like god that is just that's like that's the definition of true grit right like there's nothing sexy about it he's in the living room i, I literally picture him in his in his boxers and just rolling over off his couch and just do another just, one just, like just flipping the switch man like i just i love everything about it because it, that's accessible to anybody anybody there's no rocky music there's no it's just him just going all right this is like making the decision and just moving forward it, it doesn't cost anything all you yeah. got to do is put your ego and your pride aside and do it yeah right but but also we're celebrating 
because we know that ultimately that led to his success and his career choices. But think about how many times he, like thousands of times that he was like, all right, I'm going to do seven pushups in there. He probably could only do three. And how many people would quit after being like, well, I can't even do seven. I'll just stop at three. And I'm just going to, you know I mean, like it just, cause there's no doubt in my mind that he was welcome with like thousands of episodes of a failure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it just, but his, but just, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like he's the definition of grit. And that's why I love that pushup story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ruthless Russell. Yeah. <laughs> Branch and bullets. <laughs> Savage. Freaking savage. Out for morning, just a chilled out cup of coffee and some uh, bad guys, arm robbery in the coffee shop and yeah, getting everyone, everyone out of the, the store to safety. He goes back into the kitchen to rescue the, the staff in there. I mean, yeah. what a freaking machine. Till this that, day. That's another- every, yeah, till this yeah. day, every time I hear somebody say the word brunch, I think are ruthless and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, I question myself. I'm like, do I, do I want to go to brunch? Because that, that might happen, <laughs> but brunch and bullets, man. What that, I think that was the perfect name for that episode of just so casual into a crazy moment that he went through. I mean, Holy shit. And, and it has, has achieved his childhood dream become a pilot. I'm just going to put that out there as well. for you, Mike, sort of reminder. He did it. Yep. He went from ground pounder to pilot. And uh, I don't know. I think he's having a hard time adjusting. He said like he's, he's with a bunch of soft handed guys. I don't know. Soft hands and lotions in their flight gloves. <laughs> Is that, I don't know. Is that a thing? I guess. I don't know. Has he been issued a powder blue handbag? Yeah. I, I digress as rest. Yeah. I, I'll, I digress. Dexterity. It gives you dexterity. It also locks in the lotion. It locks in the, uh, the moisture. <laughs> Another another really good one was the Critical Incident series with um, Mark McCarthy. So the high-end trauma nurse instructor talking about how to deal with very, very serious health challenges that are occurring and unfolding in real time right in front of him and a really well-structured three-part series that genuinely could be sent out as training material for people in all sorts of walks of life. Anytime where you've got to make a rapid decision without much, without the full info, that's the sort of situation, you know, if you take it to the extreme, that's what Mark does and that's what he teaches. And there's a, that's a fantastic three-part series. Very raw. I think I, I think I would have liked it better if he wasn't Irish. Like I just, something I'm like, I just, for some reason, I just. The casual racism. I don't know. Espinosa. Shout out. Look at you. <laughs> Uh, I'm a big fan of that bastard. I'm actually, I'm hoping he's listening to this and I hope he's, he gets a good chuckle, but yeah, that, that was yeah. a great episode actually. Yeah. Hey McCarthy, we, I, hope, we hope you're doing well, just not, not too well. We not too well. Ahead, right. <laughs> that, the old Irish way. Yeah. Poppy seed effect. Yeah. Um, back, back to ruthless. You know, what I walked away with uh, from that episode was knowing that I'm not a badass because I was like, I don't, I'm almost positive. Like the fact that I'm doubting if I would, if, you know, you have to ask yourself if you peek through the door and you saw a guy with a, a shotgun and you don't have a weapon, would you, or not, sorry, not a, not a shotgun. The other guy had one, but the guy had the, the one that he saw had the pistol and you didn't have one. Would you still lunge forward into that kitchen? Cause it's not like he was, you know, two feet away. He had to run into the, he had to creep through the kitchen to get, to get access to the door. And I thought to myself, I think I would just usher people out and call the cops. <laughs> yeah. Just like, 
I, I'm, I'm being completely honest. I'm like, I don't know. If, fuck, man. I just don't. I mean, unless, of course, my my family was in that. Like, it that changes everything, right? Now you don't have an option. But I'm just saying, if everybody was, if my family was already outside the restaurant, I don't know that I would go into that kitchen. And I'm just being completely honest. And so, I mean, it just I love that people like Russ exist. I really do. Because, you know, you movies are bullshit like real life you know the vin yeah. diesels of the world wouldn't do any of that but ruthless yeah. would yeah I, th- I think you have to give credit and you know we talked to him offline i talked to him offline about it and why he did what he did is because of how he practiced and lived his life uh to that point being an army ranger and you know i love the one quote it says you know you can have everything together in your mind but on first contact meaning you get shot at or something explodes or, you know, what Murphy hits Murphy's law hits a man's brain turns into water and pours out his, out his ears and all he has to go off of is instinct. And I think the, just who ruthless is and how he was trained and the exposure that he put himself into and, and practiced it all the time was just natural to him. You know, that's, like to him, that wasn't an act of like heroism, like, oh yeah, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save the day. He was just like, no, this, this, this is what has to be done, and I'm just gonna do it. And I'm capable, you know. And he just he did it. And that's listening to him, it's heroic, but it's just like, dude, he's he's humble. He's just like, nah, I just did the right thing. Like, you know, I had family there and other innocent people. Like, why, why wouldn't I? Like it, it's it's not about him, it's just about doing the right thing and his training and how he lived his life. And how he practiced all of it was just, it just flowed right into it, you know? So I, I think, I, I remember asking him the question, like, was this Ruthless the Army Ranger or was this just you, you know? And he was just like, I think a little bit of both. So I, I really like that answer. Um, last, last episode, I know we're getting towards the end here, but this is a massive one for me is the three-part series we did with tender warrior uh having tony senior on uh, a man of life and experience and yeah legend i mean i i've had him in my life for 15 years now and never had a conversation that deep about uh who we should be as men and as uh you know personally for me as a warrior and as a man, because I lost my way plenty of times and didn't have the reference, didn't have the father to, to call and, Hey dad, what do I do? Or who should I be in this moment when this happens? You know, and I thought I could handle it. And I, I I fucked up plenty of times, but opening up all these different levels and still this to this day, I actually talked about this on the trail yesterday with the two guys I was with, as we were talking about fluctuation between being a leader a mentor, a friend, and uh, a warrior. And each day you have to adjust and be one, maybe a little bit more than the other three to be able to handle. And to me, that is such a comfort knowing that like, whether my day is really good or I'm about to go into a really hard day or in between, I can look at that. And I always take my four fingers now and I look at my four fingers and like, I see those labels above each one and I kind of like raise one or the other of like, yep, uh, this one needs to be higher today. And I know it's simple, but it's just something to look at and be like, yeah, I can physically see 
one needs to be higher than the other. And I need to elevate myself in that, in that section. And it's such a good, like comfort for me. It's the only way I can describe it. It's a pleasure to um, have an ongoing relationship with Tony senior. And, you know, the listener should know that we, we spent, he's like a fourth member of the team here in the background with us. And uh, we're looking forward to having him in a slightly increased uh, capacity and guiding us and so on from behind the scenes. So he's a very special uh, member of our team. Were there any other ones you wanted to throw in there, Raph? No, I was going to comment on uh, Tender Warrior and Tony Sr. I don't think we could have had a better person to have that discussion with. Like, honestly, I, I thought he was the perfect fit. And I knew that the minute, I mean, I knew that going into it, but I think once we started the series, I was like, man, I could not have thought of a better person. Like, I'd heard you guys talk about him, but, you know, I I experienced it in real time, the way the listeners got to experience it. You know, like, clearly he is like the scout for us, showing us what's possible if you live a conscious life and, you know, your best life and your person of integrity over the years where you can get to. And is it? Yeah, I, I think one of my favorite things about Tuna Senior is that he's he's like the ultimate cheerleader for for you as the individual. Like he's he's the person who doesn't just say he's happy for people. That he's not the person that uh, he doesn't just say, "Hey, I, I get excited watching people succeed." Like he genuinely like that fires him up to see people around him succeed, and, and whatever he can do to help you get to that next level, he's gonna do. And you don't even know he's doing it. That's the craziest part. He, you know, he tells you, Hey, by the way, I just kind of, I just set the road or whatever. I set this meeting up with so-and-so. I'm like, what? Like when that happened, he's like, oh, I've been working on it for two months. You know, it's just, it's just who he is. It's, it's, it's what drives him. And you know, that's, that's a fresh, a, a breath air or a breath of fresh air. When you think about, I think the norm in our society is the other way around where most people and I hate to generalize because I, I know a lot of people aren't like this, but I'm saying like, it feels like a lot of times in today's society, we're all raised to kind of jockey for position it like as individuals, but here's a person who's old school, you know, his old Italian mannerisms or he's all about the family and he wants to see the family succeed. And the minute you're in that family, uh, it, I mean, fuck dude, that, that that's his entire, that that's his entire goal, right. Is to get you guys to succeed. And, and that's, that's a pretty special person. Like a like a manager of a rugby team or a football team, whatever, right? Like you don't have to look any further than as a as a CV than what his children are like. You know what I mean? Like here's a guy who figured it out, <laughs> and he's just punching out one after another out into the world to go make a difference for for society, right? Like there's a man. He's 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 got the management structure. He knows what he's doing. Listen to this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Huge shout out to Tony Senior. I, I I love you, man. I really do. He's been like a second father to me. I love that guy. Yeah, everybody should have a Tony Senior in their life. I've been very fortunate. I've got a Matt Hopper, which is the same equivalence, just a little bit younger. You know, he's he's been um, he's absolutely been there for me, and and not just in my career, but just in life in general. You know, just always. Uh, there's a group of friend of ours and he's always just peppering the, he's always prepping the road for us and setting up conditions and you're just like jesus man it's just it's it's pretty humbling dude it really is very very fortunate well it's probably about the time where we thank you all for stopping by with uh 89 episodes now and we just hit a couple of high points on some of the ones that stand out to us but there's there's a whole i mean honestly 
you know, we wouldn't release them if we didn't believe in them. And we feel like these conversations are a really authentic place for us to explore things that we're having difficulty with or areas we feel we've got expertise or bring uh, experts to you out of different fields. And, uh, you know, we get a lot of positive feedback and we really appreciate sharing this out into your network and um, seeing how far this these ripples can reach. And we've never taken a dollar. There's been zero advertising. We run the whole uh, this whole project out of our own pockets and we're never, we're never after any money for it. And we're just interested only in helping people and uh, push the message out. So next week is going to be uh, episode 90. It's a big finale. And there's going to be a bit more info about the uh, relaunch and rebrand uh, project that we're undertaking. And we really look forward to seeing where we can take it to at a next level. So until then, take care. And uh, thanks for sharing the time with us.